0: hi and welcome to the buck and bernie show on this beautiful october day we are coming to you live from kcmu and you know it's october like i said and that feel of fall is in the air
1: yeah, I got, and, uh, I, you got, you're right about that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, th- there's a, a, a big change yeah. compared to the uh, 90, 100, 105 degrees. And now you wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, it's 53 degrees. And you go, man, it's cold.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, where I live out in uh, La Salle, woke up today and there was the dusting on the mountains. So Ooh. that's really, uh, you know, falls here. Which brings me to our show today. We're going to talk about hunting. You know, we all used to be hunter-gatherers in mm-hmm. our primal days, and uh, it's still with us today. When we talk about hunting, people have different uh, perspectives on hunting and stuff. You know? you know, you have the trophy hunters, and you have the, I don't know, I guess they're referred to as sporting hunting. But the philosophy of hunting, my philosophy of hunting is you eat what you kill. That's yeah. what it's all about. I mean, that's you're not going for some uh trophy or anything. It's it's all about the food really. And uh so that's that's what I want to talk about today. Yeah, it's so. the food
1: and 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 the sport but at the same time it's the uh, the respect as well that you have the for respect. There is for the respect animal for. that you are hunting because that animal is going to provide for your families and friends. So. But it's so, really interesting for me because uh, you look at, you look at uh, hunting. And in France, where I live, you don't have deers walking in front of your kitchen windows every day. And here in Moab, that's what happened. But in the meantime, that's, those are the right. little animal, little creatures who live here. But then you have hunting in, really through hunting in the, uh, in the mountains.
0: So do you, s- do you s- smell that smell? Do you smell the smell in the room? Testosterone. We today, so today we do have not one but two, two. guests. Uh, so there's four of us guys, and we're going to talk about hunting. But I don't, I don't want you to feel sexist or anything, because I, I want to put this out here, because I did a show on hunting back in 2019, which you can look up in the archives on kzmu.org. Back then, I had this young lady guest, uh, Lindsay Bartosh, and she goes by the 12-gauge girl, uh, and she's got a blog on hunting, and it's incredible. You should go back to the archives and list that show because that was one of my favorite shows, and it it gets into the spirituality of hunting also in mm. that show. So uh, check it out. And so, But today, like I said, we got four guys talking about hunting. Yeah, so
1: the deal is this. You have four guys, and you have three hunters. I never hunted in my life. <laughs> I'm not kidding, I never shot a gun either, so it's like I, I'm the one who I cook it, I respect it, I have fun with it, but I never hunt it. So yes, we have uh, Casey and Mark who are our guests today, and uh, so they're gonna they're gonna take us on a journey. and as the Frenchman, who really doesn't really know what's going on here is so for you guys, when is the hunting season start? when, when does it start? Is it already started, and what what do you hunt, Mark?
2: Well, it's already started, and I hunt just about everything I possibly can, because I've just, I was born and raised doing it, Mm -hmm. and I enjoy it. It's basically pretty much an excuse to get into the mountains, but uh, also you're right about the respect, because I will not kill anything that I can't eat, Mm -hmm. so... That's pretty much it. I considered myself at one time a trophy hunter because I go for the bigger ones, but I haven't shot anything for years. So I, on, on on that aspect, you know, I, I don't care.
1: So what do you call the bigger ones? What other uh,
2: ones? like the big antlered animals? You know. antlers, okay. Yeah, because I've shot so many in my life in my younger age that uh, now I turned into kind of like that, looking for the big ones and stuff. But then. Moving out here to Old where I have, I realize that I love to eat the animals. Mm-hmm. So I will go with cows, I will, you know, things like that, cow elk and that. And, um, yeah, I just love it. Anything.
0: And I, yeah, I, I can refer, to, I can concur that he likes to eat the animals because we We've been, uh, <laughs> we have elk all the time. In fact, we yes. had elk lasagna last night watching football. So right. oh. yes. Yes, it was Absolutely. really good. Yes. And, you know, I had to have a. Red wine with the elk lasagna, and so I brought over a bottle, and that's good. Nobody helped me. I didn't want to see it go away, so. So, I so what eating.
1: about what about you, what? Yeah,
3: I think the, uh, in the same way. You know, um, I grew up hunting. I grew up in Texas, and hunting in Texas for whitetail is very different than hunting here. up in the La Salles, where there you can feed corn, they walk up to the feeder, you shoot them, that was considered quote-unquote hunting. Uh And then the last few years got into it um, back up here in the La Salles, and it was a total different style. You know, you're actually, you know, for me it's two things. A, it's substance for my wife and I, you know, for the year. You know, like Mm -hmm. one elk, we're still eating off last year's, you know, animal. And then it's a two-week meditation in the woods, where you're out there and you're, listening to every branch break, every smell in the woods, you know, you know, the weather, the wind, you know, everything about it. Your senses. It's just you and what's out there. And that for me, that's what I look forward to the most. Me
0: too. So let's talk about this. You know, you say this provides substance and, uh, the, the meat from game is your most organic meat you can get. In your backyard. Zero additives. It's the best. The best nutrition. And that's, you know, that's the benefit of
3: it. You really can't get much more, like, you know, farm to table than, you know, going out. Exactly. you know, 10 miles from my house, you know, have a large animal, and then in a few days, it's on your kitchen counter. Ta- your kitchen counter.
1: Right, right. Forest to table. This is going to be the new thing. Forest <laughs> to table. I, I love that. Now, there is different ways of hunting. You're going to hunt with a gun. You can hunt with a bow. You can hunt with so many Can you guys review the uh, style of hunting you are were in, uh, um, happening right now?
2: Well, happening right now is the uh, muzzleloader mm-hmm. deer is on and the muzzleloader limited entry elk yeah. is mm-hmm. going on right now.
1: So what is that?
2: Well, limited entry here is uh, you can shoot a big bull.
1: You okay. have
2: to put in for it. You have to draw out for it Slide to be able to dish. hunt it. and then uh, But then the deer right now, the muzzleloader, you can shoot any buck deer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As it is right now, okay. which Tim and I will hear this weekend. We're going to go on the spike bull hunt, yeah. which is open hunting for everybody. So we'll do that. But,
1: but what yeah. about bow hunting? When is this happening? And do you still do you bow hunt for uh, for big games, or is more like for wild turkey or things like that?
2: Well, your archery hunt starts on the, I believe it's the 17th of August, and uh, it ended, I believe, around the 15th for deer. Okay. But uh, for spike bull and a cow permit, which I had, you could hunt for starting of archery 17th until the 9th, and you could hunt elk. And uh, I didn't do very well on that, but uh, archery's my favorite. I've done that all over the world, Mm
1: -hmm. so, Yeah. So everybody, we are talking uh, game, game on. We have our guests today who are amazing hunters. Uh, if you have any question, please call 435-259-5968. If you have any question, please feel free to give us a call. I'm sure that we will have the right answer for all of you. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm assuming um, both of you being, you were raised hunting from the get-go. So what age What age? Mark, for what age did you start hunting?
2: Well, when I could do it legally, it was like 16 years old. I had to be 16 to hunt deer and elk or any big game, actually. And I think it was 12 years old for small game, which would be your uh, grouse, pheasants, things like that. Oh, okay.
0: So a different yeah. age...
3: And yes. you, Casey? And that's yeah, same. I mean, down there, like in Texas, it was pretty young. You know, we'd be 12, 14 years old, and you'd go out. And, you know, the population density of whitetail down there is so thick that oftentimes, like, one person could harvest five, six deer in a season. Wow. Yeah, you because know, it's just so overpopulated down there. And so they kind of give a license to anyone down there to to take to help. You know, for there, you know, it is for me, but it's also for the population control, too. Yeah,
0: right. And that's that is part of it. Yeah, uh, that is part of one of the reasons we hunt is to control the mm-hmm. population, and you know because different species will affect different uh, other species, animals in the population. You know, you got your coyotes, predators, and uh, so even they have to be controlled in a sense. So, and Absolutely. that's determined by the <coughs> fish and game wildlife, mm-hmm. and uh, they continually do studies, population studies. And they determine the permits, right? because nowadays it's don't don't they sometimes adjust the permitting upon the population?
3: They so do. There's there an of number of tags per species. Yeah.
0: So it's you know it's, it's done for a purpose. Yeah. 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 So
1: bonjour. We have uh, we have a question. Somebody's on the line. Who is on the line? Oh, hello. Hello. How are you?
2: Good, how are you today? I was uh, listening to your show very, very interesting show today.
1: Thank you. And what is your uh, question, sir:
2: uh, One of my questions is for uh, for one of your guests on the show. Um, I know he had said uh, he, he hunts everything, and he, you know he eats everything he kills. Um, I was wondering if he has ever hunted cougar.
1: Okay, I will I will ask him right now. Thank you for calling. So you say Mark that you hunt everything and the gentleman asks if you hunt cougar.
2: Uh well, I've put in for a lot of years. I've got like 12 points for it, but uh I uh here in LaSalle, you don't they don't have a quota basically. I mean for your point system. It's other parts of the state does. So I kind of quit putting in because I'm here in La Salle mm-hmm. and it's just you know over-the-counter kind of like thing they have a quota once you reach the quota then it shuts down
1: so so my, my question is do you so is there a lot of cougar is a large cougar population in the LaSalle?
2: you know to be honest with you uh, I've lived here for quite a few years and I honestly have not seen a cougar in the LaSalles. I have a son-in-law that hunts with uh hounds and things like that and he said he told me just the other day that you know there's more here than what you think Mm -hmm.
1: Mm. have you have you
3: seen I have
0: seen cougar in the LaSalle
3: yeah I haven't seen them I've seen a lot of sign I know a lot of people who have seen them and maybe not up high in the in the mountain range but more in that transition pinion juniper zone Mm -hmm. you know the lower elevation yeah and I've seen bobcat also Yep. I've seen bobcat. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of bobcats.
1: So so yeah. talking about uh the populations of animals that we have, so what else do you hunt for? So do you have any grouse around? Do you have any ducks? Or do you have any a, uh I know we have wild turkey, you have quails. What 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 do we have around here? We are really much smaller animals.
2: Uh basically everything you stated. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> hunt a lot of grouse. I've got a few this year already, and I'm oh. just waiting for a big cook off for these uh professional
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, we're, Ships we're, here we're to take we're, care we're, of for okay. me
2: not a problem and, Let me do that. Uh, yeah i've done that there's uh pretty much the dove gone you know it's yeah. the cool weather they leave and things mm. like that but uh yeah grouse and turkey i got a nice turkey this year and early in the spring we hunt them and cooked it up, and it's a lot better than what people think. They think wild turkey is terrible. I've had people say to me, well, you shoot one, and then uh, you throw it away, right? Oh, no. I don't shoot anything unless I can use Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. You know, I just have the respect for the animal. I I just won't do that.
1: Wild turkey, have you... um,
3: That's one species I've never harvested on my own, no. no. No, Growing up, it was the dove was the primary thing in the South that we would hunt, but since I've been back up in Utah, I haven't really ever hunted a fowl.
1: Well, I can tell you that they're very friendly because they're on the golf course. I saw them this morning. <laughs> I was like, you know, you guys know that we're going to talk about you guys today?
3: <laughs> yeah, where, where I live, we have about 30 hanging out like, all season and it's just, it just doesn't seem fair. It's, so. a, bu- <laughs>
1: it's a beautiful animal, it isn't really it? Is. It's just majestic. So, they're so gorgeous, you know? Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they are gorgeous. And uh, I've, I've actually, ne- I've, I've hunted them before, but I've never got one yet because mm. not that often, but. Okay, so here's what I want to talk about next is the processing of the animal. You you down the animal, which by whatever means you know if you're archery yeah. or, or rifle, and right? and then go over the process from from there.
1: Yeah,
3: so. well, I think it's gonna be different for every person. You know, there's the process of letting the animal die and go through that process, you mm-hmm. know, you know. You have just ended this animal's life and for me personally like when it happens i give it some time some space and then i approach it and i have my own peace with that animal you've just taken a life and now it's going to feed your family for the next year or so um and then you get to work yeah and that's where that's where the hard work comes in um and depending on if you're hunting with friends and you're all there together or you get started and you're going through the process of quartering the animal and you know I think obviously the goal is to use as much of this animal as easily possible to carry out mm-hmm. And you know some people you know they're ten miles in the backcountry. sometimes you're only a mile from your car and it's a little bit easier yeah you know, and then so you're going through the process of quartering up the animal to make it packageable in your pack and then from there you're deciding how many trips do I want to take
1: So the bottom line is you still need to have a good sense of butchering because I mean, if you don't know what to butcher, An animal, you will not, you know, will not maximize the yield that we said from that, uh, from that, uh, from that kill. So it's it's really important for you guys to do. So how do you do it? So you you start by give us a little bit of the process. So you would remove the skin. You're gonna skin it first, and then.
3: Yeah. So you kind of your goal is to keep the meat as clean as possible in the Mm -hmm. process. And so for me, use always kind of skin one side, pull it down. And then you're quartering, you know, sharp knife. Always yeah. always carry a sharp knife with you. And uh, which, you know, it goes for cooking as well. Um, and then from there, yeah, you're going one quarter at a time. Uh, we have large game bags that we'll keep with us, or so you're hanging our tarp to keep it out of the dirt. And, mm-hmm. um, and then from there, the back straps and the loins. And then you know, if you can rib meat or whatever you can get, and then flip it over and do it again.
2: Yeah, I've found that uh, if I'm way back in somewhere, I usually will, uh, instead of quartering it, I will bone it out. So then you take, and it's like I've told people before, the easiest way to look is you take the skin off, the hide off, and you can look at how the muscles go. And if you take and cut right along each muscle, it just falls out in like Mm rows and different things. So you follow the cuts of where the muscle, you can see right where it's at, and then I pack it out that way, because bone on an elk like that weighs a heck
1: of a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's very very heavy. Yeah,
2: yes. so I'll bone it out. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, you can cut out the muscle parts. That'll be your roast. You, you can cut up, and it's all ready to go for you. So,
1: so you would recommend that if you know, for if, if you have a a, a friend who's going to start hunting, you that person needs to really learn also butchering, because otherwise, it really will. Uh, it would be a challenge if that Absolutely. person has a kill and then doesn't know what to do with it. Right. Well, so like Casey yeah,
0: said, yeah. Then, then the hard part begins.
1: Yeah, it exactly. Is, yeah. It's exactly. It yeah. Is the hardest part of the hunting. <laughs> yeah. Even with
2: boning an animal out, it still takes, like a, a spike elk, it still takes four to five big heavy packs of people yep. to carry it out. So
0: I'm, I got a question. You know, I know when you fish and stuff, it's good to bleed the, bleed the fish out. Mm-hmm. Does that apply to the game animals? Should they be bled out?
2: Well, you, it depends. There's uh, different ways to to do that. You can, they say, gut an animal. You know, take right. the guts out. But I would like a lot of times anymore. Just leave that there and take the rear quarters right, off, so. front shoulders off, and then I will go in and I'll take the loins, you know, and stuff like that. And but then I like I said I've learned that it may take about an hour hour and a half longer but bone it out mm-hmm. it's so much easier because you take it to a meat processor if they're going to do it for you and that's just what they do mm-hmm. exactly. so you're just ahead of the game so
0: so what about uh, aging or hanging the meat do you apply that or it
2: depends is- on how cool it is outside. You okay. know, but yeah, they say uh, I remember when I was a kid that people would let them hang for a week or so to yeah, let it age, you know, and it right. marble up, that's and nice. that really makes it good. Yeah, it'll
0: actually make it tender also, because yeah. yes, yeah, but yeah, it depends on the weather. Yeah, That's
3: the biggest right, thing right And you have space at your house to do it. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Alright,
1: alright. I want, I want to go true. and talk about the weather because I think that it makes a really big difference if you harvest an animal and it's 45 degrees outside compared okay. to it's going to be, let's say, I don't know, 101. I mean, the, the, the handling of that protein has to be very different. So what do you do?
2: I will hang it up till I get all that done and then I will take and put it in coolers and if I'm not going to process it and take it to a processor, it's mm-hmm. your game's already done, you know. You just take it to them and it's cooled down and they put it right in their freezers.
3: So. Yeah, and, and if you're up on the mountain, you know, and it, you know, obviously the seasons here can be all over the place where one day it's 85 degrees and the next day it's 45. Mm-hmm. And if it's 85, I'm moving a little bit faster and I'm trying to get that meat, like, back down in town into that cooler to the vehicle faster. You know, if, if it's cooler out there, I've got a little bit more time to be out there and to go through the process. Yeah.
1: So for ev- everyone to remember, food safety is still a very key component when you're hunting. You have to really know what you're doing because that protein can really be damaged and can spoil very easily as well. Yeah, it's so, easy
0: to contaminate because uh-huh. you're out in the environment. And so you want to treat it like you would any meat, yeah. whether you buy it from the store or as, and especially out there. Because yeah. there's ways exactly. that you know you want, you want to be sterile and sanitize and and because you know you don't want to go through all that yeah and i think
3: that's it's a really important piece to key in like before you get out there you should have some sort of baseline knowledge of like how do i butcher this animal how do i keep myself clean how do i you know if you're going to go the gutless method or gutting the animal or not like making sure everything's staying as clean as possible you know because there's that's the easy way to ruin a lot of meat is to puncture the stomach and now you have everything on your yeah. meat and yourself.
1: I gotta tell you guys, this is the this is one of the most interesting show that we have done all year. So if you have any question, please call us at four three five two five nine five nine six eight. Buck and Bernie show. We have uh, amazing hunters. There's there's so much to learn from it. So I'm continuing to learn. So what do you have?
0: Well, I. Okay, so I know Mark, you know, and I know he's hunted all over the world, like you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, So which, do you have a favorite that you remember? Wow.
2: (laughs) Uh, One of my favorites, I think, uh, it was in Utah. In 1987, I shot a a buffalo with my bow on the Henry Mountains. Back then, there were only two places in the world that you could hunt a free-roaming herd, one was Alaska, and one was Utah at the time. That was, that was pretty amazing, because I had guys, when they'd see me pull up with my bow, they thought, man, I shot mine with nine shots before <laughs> I got it, man. But at the end of the day, I shot it, and it was, I made a good shot, luckily. One and shot, huh? Yeah, but it still, I shot it in the heart, and it still ran oh. 200 yards. And when we uh, cleaned it out and everything, yeah, it was shot in the heart, and I was blown away. Well,
0: people don't realize, so that's probably the most dangerous one of the most dangerous animals you can have is a buffalo because they will, if you don't take it down, they will turn on you. Oh yeah. And if there's other buffalo, they will go after you. I've heard stories. What was amazing about
2: this is when I shot this animal, it dropped immediately. The rest of the herd surrounded it, like protecting right. it. And it got up, I think, just because they were there. And mm. it ran farther until it just ran out of blood, basically, well, you know, right. and died. But it really surprised me.
1: Yeah, when it comes to uh, hunting in Brittany, for example, where I'm from, uh, my father and the rest of the family hunts, but they are hunting for wild boar. And wild boar, same thing, very, very dangerous. A wild boar, you can shoot it, and if he doesn't die, he will charge you. And if it's with friends, they will all charge you. Every year, there is, there is people who die from being charged by wild boar. And it's really, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. But same thing, I mean, the, the meat is just, it's unbelievable. It's so good, because so they eat all, the, all, the, all this beautiful, um, I don't know, the, everything they graze on the corn, that, they they do they do so much. It's, it's it's really good.
0: So the buffalo that I mean, t- talk about processing. <laughs> I,
3: oh, I, I can't man. even imagine what I so had like horses. How many at the people were with you? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, that <laughs> yeah. was lucky.
2: We had a couple of horses with us at the time. Oh, okay. and we boned so, it out and packed the panniers and everything, and packed it out, which we still took. So okay, so all how day. long
0: that would have been an all day? Thing. Oh, it was yeah. a long
2: time because those things are huge oh they yeah. are huge yeah
0: so how, what do you think of
2: weight oh my gosh i have no idea <laughs> it was just big i had meat forever i gave a lot of it away you know but it was awesome
1: so what about you Casey? same question same question What?
3: Well, yeah that's it's a really good question uh yeah, i think like as far as like hunting here in you know, the little sows, my first elk. I mean, I think that's like one of the first experiences, like when you kill your first large animal and going through that process by yourself, um, it's one you never forget. You know, I was Mm -hmm. up here, I hunted almost every day. You know, I I had a couple of missed opportunities where I just didn't take the shot. And then it was the last evening of the hunt and I was just about to give up and I was like, I'm I'm done, (laughs) I'm coming up here every night and every morning, I'm just like sick of doing this. And then as I turned around, you know, I'd called in a bull and then two cows came right with it and stopped 40 years, forty yards right in front of me, 20 minutes before sundown. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so that, that's going to be one, one of those moments for me that will never, you know, leave me.
0: It seems like it was a meant
3: to be. Moment. It was a meant to be and, and I'd rather be lucky than good any day type moment. And, uh, you know, and I always think, you know, you're talking about Mark traveling all over the world and I think that's like the beauty of like whether you're hunting for a large animal or you're going fishing like yeah. the places it takes you you know I can I can go back and think about the places that you know my wife and I have gone you know hiked in the backcountry and fished for the day with their dogs and mm-hmm. you know those days are those are endless right,
0: right. it's uh, it's enjoying the uh, environment is the big part of it that's even if you don't get an animal thing, yeah. you're having a great experience yes. exactly yeah. yeah
1: you're communing with nature that's for sure uh, so now we let's talk about Cooking the processing, so we hunt it, we gather it, we take it home, and what do you guys do with it? What is your favorite part of the animal? Um, the tenderloin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, that's the best the cut. Yeah. I make sure
2: that's really taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That is that's the prize. Yeah. The yeah. prize, so the prize is, is tenderloin. Yeah. Yeah. It is.
3: That's the one you don't share. You sh- you share with your special friends.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a hunt one time in uh, uh, Canada for um, caribou. And one of the... I will tell anyone, if you can take a young hunter out, go hunt caribou or like antelope because they'll see the game, they'll get excited. And that's what it's all about, Uh you know? And you'll see so many of them that it's really good for them to hunt that first because if you can do it... I remember our limit was like two a piece up in there so we would just shoot one of the smaller bowls or whatever we've seen and then we'd wait for a bigger one but man we went home with two bowls if I knew better I would bone it out and put it in boxes at the time and bring more home because caribou meat is fabulous it's amazing how it tastes very sweet just it's it's really great
1: it's like elk I love elk elk is just it's really really delicious um, so, with usually with the uh, shoulders, we like to in the kitchen, I know we like to make stews. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure that you guys do, do make some stews. So, if you make a stew at the house, what would be your, your special ingredient? What's going to go with that, with that elk, for example, or with that, uh, that venison? I should have my wife here. Yeah, no, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's I was thinking that. Emily, if you want to call in, and, you, said uh, spe- you,
0: know. you said the special ingredient. Yeah, yeah. besides red wine. There Red Red wine,
1: mushrooms. Well, let's talk about vegetables.
0: Well, we we all know cooking the cooking game is a lot different than cooking your store bought meat. Very, very different. And one of the reasons is it's it's so lean so it has to be treated different yep. and the best way oh well no, well before we get there another big thing they do is make jerky
2: yep um, mm-hmm. bit, you know
0: mm-hmm. elk venison jerky is great uh, but anyway to to cook to cook it the the best way uh and you know the method is uh, sous vide
1: Yeah, sous vide is good
0: sous vide and those of you who don't know what sous vide is is it's uh, cooking. It's called cooking under pressure. But what you do is you uh, vacuum seal uh, your product, and you can put herbs and, and garlic and stuff in it. And then it's it's cooked in a water bath at a specific temperature. You can cook, that's the thing. That's the great thing about it. you yeah. can cook it to yeah. exact temperature, and then you can slow cook it where it Breaks down that uh, toughness. Yeah,
1: of, this, of this will be for some of the cuts. But mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah, yeah, other cuts, I would say that, you, you know, you, you just, they, it's really tough. So, right. what I, I've been doing when I would get the whole animal at the restaurant, I will do some chilies. So, I will grind all those mm-hmm. pieces. Right. And then you're really able to make some beautiful chilies right. with. Grinding, with,
0: grinding is, a, is a good way to process the tougher cuts and then and it's and it's more versatile too you can do a lot yeah for the back legs and ground. stuff
1: for the rump, for example what we do what we do the uh, um, almost like a, a beef, beef bourguignon so cut into pieces slowly cooked you cook it for like five six seven hours very very slowly and usually you don't cook it on stovetop you cook it in the oven in in a cast iron and it's covered and it cooks very very slowly and you retain all of the flavor and at the same time he breaks down all of the uh of the all of the muscle so it means that it becomes very very tender so right. that's, that's a really great way to do it as well
0: right and you can treat the ground game as you would ground beef you know you can make uh, you know meatloaf meatloaf uh, you can make mm-hmm. uh, just burgers if you want but everything then, then burgers yeah. Chili, Southwestern chili, and mm. well, like like I did with the, uh, the glass, I made uh, uh, tomato sauce and we had it as as pasta and then a bouillon. It was more of a bolognese, and then I made elk lasagna out of it, right. too, which is
2: well. It's like it's, I asked you today. I said my wife did something that was totally different, which everyone around here they're not professional cooks like you guys, you know, because I, but I asked him, I said something she did not too long ago that really surprised me. She uses a crock pot, but yeah. it was like crock eight, eight the hours. Yeah. It's the best. And then what she did though, because these things are so high in protein and they do dry out, even mm-hmm. if you put a lot of moisture in it because it's wild game, she took and turned it off and let it sit for an hour. It really blew me away because I was like, I talked to Tim about it, asked him about it and the juices went. Right back into the meat. So mm-hmm. when she brought it out and cut it out, my gosh, it will. I've never tasted elk like this in my life. It was very, very juicy. It kept that.
3: I think it's also worth noting too that depending on where you get it processed and if you do it yourself, or like a lot of people add in fat into that ground burger as well. Yes. And yeah, and that right. makes that it'll be. That's easier very to cool. cook As well.
1: Right. Yeah, right. Now another thing that uh, um, is, is, it's interesting. I was a chef in San Diego and. I was working with Broken Arrow Ranch in Texas. So they harvest uh, with helicopters, so, the, so it doesn't stress the animal. But in the meantime, it was gaming, it's because it's, it's, it's game, it's normal, right? And I would have a challenge with my um, uh, clientele because they would say, I don't think this is fresh. This is really like, yes, he, he has that game. It's really strong. So we had to make, uh, I would say, some uh, uh, adjustment and to really tell the, the guests that this is coming from Broken Arrow Ranch. And this is coming from New Zealand, which is a farm-raised animal, which is completely different. The flavor is completely different. It's very, more, it's very much, it's very, very light. So it's really not game when you look at it. What I recommend is if you have, because every animal will be different. Because they graze differently, they eat differently. So the flavor of the meat will be different. So you can really play with your herbs your spices and all your your condiments so like this you will be able to control the flavor of the meat instead of the meat controlling and taking over the whole uh, the whole dinner i would say yeah, so sage thyme rosemary you got to be very careful because rosemary can become a rosemary pot instead of uh, <laughs> you know a uh, hell pot uh, but you know it's uh, you know garlic like you said tomatoes uh, and uh, all those aromatics really really work well with it. Yeah.
0: So I uh, I'm familiar with Broken Arrow Ranch cuz they provide game to lots of that restaurants really and good. stuff. And that's what it's actually considered uh, the 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 what they harvest there is is the only place that's considered wild game that you yes. can actually use in a restaurant. Yep. Because we should mention that that you know if you're a restaurant serving game, it's not game that you go out uh-uh. and shoot because you're not allowed to do that because it has to be USD inspected. Yep. And uh, But at that ranch, it's, it's such a massive ranch, I can't remember how many acres it is, but it's yeah. actually, even though uh, a lot of the the deer and stuff were imported from overseas because they got all kinds, uh-huh. so they yeah. have all kinds of antelope and, and everything on the ranch. and. What they do is they hire. I mean, people, well, I shouldn't say they hire. People pay to go on the ranch and hunt, and that's how they—that's how they harvest mm-hmm. their meat. There is actually yep. by hunting, not yep. you know, not through uh, you know, meat processor or anything. Uh, but let's so let's talk a little bit because you know people can buy elk and and everything now. Not every but elk and bison are really big now you that you can get in the store. Uh, mm-hmm. you can get ground elk, you can go right down here to this local mm-hmm. city market and buy bison, elk ground- and bison. Yep. But it's not it's not wild game per se. That, that that's right. more farm raised. Yeah. And so the taste is different 100%. And, and it's and it's uh, All it's right, not as so what, you know, people refer to it as gamey, but it's because game gets gets their flavor from what they eat. Yep. So a lot of these, you know, um, farm raised animals are usually just grass fed, and that that's all they eat, as it's like opposed to yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Yeah, it yeah so a cow versus a and wild. And it'll grazing. have it will have a you know a more mellow flavor, I should say, compared to uh, compared to the wild game, and and especially there's a big difference. I don't. know, uh, Rabbit, I used to hunt a lot of rabbit. Oh rabbit is I good. love the taste of rabbit. wild rabbit. Hmm? Completely different taste than a farm raised rabbit. Just different. Yes. Just you know. Farm raised rabbits don't they're good, but they don't have much taste. What I consider taste is gaminess. Right. gaminess. people chicken. are some people are a put chicken. off by gaminess, but they just need to experience That's what it is. That's what they have yes. to experience it. And in each you know, you could have a, a deer or an elk that tastes different mm-hmm. from
3: year to year.
0: Oh 100%. yeah, defi- definitely. And then I,
3: I think part of the the process of like the the full the process of going from hunting and taking it home and cooking is learning how to cook it. You know, I think. For people who have not cooked wild game, it's like we've said before. It's very different than the meat you get at the store, and it's really right. easy to overcook it. And then all of a sudden, you're just this gamey, charred piece of meat that's super chewy. Or and it's like, dry. Yeah, and they're like, "Wow, I don't really like this." And it's like, "Well, this wasn't cooked right." And you right. ve- and, and you're
1: very discouraged because you go, "Oh man, I spent all that time and and that it's all gone." No, and <that's, clears throat>
0: but there's a way. Like if if really? it has. If it's wild and gamey, there's there's, there's cooking methods like Technics. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like you you know you might want to be using more garlic or whatever because mm-hmm. if, if it'll mellow out that gaminess or or curries you know curry as uh, a good method of you know lots of spice and that and that that'll go with the gaminess. When
1: and, and we that, were so. uh, when we had wild boar in France in Brittany, uh, what my family would do is they would. Uh, take the wild boar meat and marinate it in red wine for example yeah, and that red wine would take a lot of that really strong gamey flavor cuz gamey when it's too strong is just too strong right. period so yeah this is where you have to control it and and that will be that will be a really good way to do it but i want to tell everyone to call 435 Two five nine five nine six eight called us at the Buck and Bernie Show because we will be able to help you most likely to have the perfect dinner, the perfect recipe, and how to really uh, handle this beautiful wild game that you just harvested or you just bought.
0: So, Mark, I have a question for you. that mm-hmm. You may or may not be able to answer, but I've heard that uh,
2: antelope—if
0: mm-hmm. you're not supposed to shoot them on the run—have you heard that?
2: I have heard that before and that, but I still think that it's uh, how you take care of it. Okay, so Antelope is really, it smells really uh, sage. You know, I mean, it's just really strong in that. But what we found out is if you take the coolers with you, with ice and that, and get it cut up and cooled down as fast as possible, it's a
0: lot better.
2: Okay. And then marinating
0: it. So have you, sh- have you shot? Yes. Both ways? standing and running and yes you have yes and you've never really noticed never noticed it. the difference because okay.
2: we took care of them the same but i've heard that where if they're running you know yeah i heard like the adrenaline or something that, yeah. but I mean, it's uh, like how do you yeah, do that yeah which so, does make sense because they <laughs> you know they
0: they did learn that he even does. with cattle you know they now they have they've changed their method of slaughter where they're they don't stress them out exactly and they so yeah, there must be something to it, right? So there's
1: there's one thing that we talked about it we we, we talked about the handling from we hunted it, we butchered it, we packaged it, we put it in the cooler, we took it home. And now it's at home. One thing that uh, I'm sure that you guys do is you need to make sure that you write down the date, you write down the cut, because when it goes in your freezer, and yeah. You guys, you, you have a lot of meat. So right. when you open the freezer, you have to know exactly what you're looking for. Right. And it's also very important to remember that a protein in the freezer will damage as it stays longer and longer in that freezer. Right. So what do you guys do?
2: Call Tim and my wife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had friends over let and them cook well, it up yeah. because I'm not that
0: good. No, at that's that, no, that's true. good. That you mentioned that you you just definitely want to label it and date it, mm-hmm. uh-huh. just like any food you put in the freezer, Right. because you might might have still meat from the previous yeah. year. Exactly, yeah, and as so always, want to right rotate up. it also, yep. Yep, absolutely. where you're going to be always <laughs> using the oldest first. Just yeah, because it like you say it does. Deteriorate over time, even in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. yeah old so, proteins, all and of And they'll so e- yeah. eat your old oldest first. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I think I mean our kind of goal at, at, at home is like you know we you know almost a year to the day. Like, you know, we're still using our elk, and we'll, probably in the next three weeks, if we we're right, we'll probably run out of that elk meat from last year. And mm-hmm. you know, ideally, then we're lucky again this year and can replenish that freezer and you know have a year per animal.
0: Right, but there's other way. Uh, my my grandmother used to uh, can, uh, yeah, can venison. Yeah, you
3: can, you can can. Canned
0: venison it. is very good. Very good. Uh, Have you had it? Yes. Yeah. I usually don't
2: care for venison and that, but uh, that's why I usually jerky the whole thing. But I've hate, tasted bottled it, canned, and it is tender. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Good, it's how you so. prepare. It. Right. It take care of things. That's what it all boils mm-hmm. down to. Yeah, all right, so about
1: what's your secret to jerky? Make the base jerky. What's your secret? I don't For both know. of I, you guys. It's
2: just my flavoring, what I like. I like just the
0: pepper jerky
2: yeah. myself. Okay. You so you know, you, other people have, like, okay. you have yours processed. Yes, you I do now because it it's a lot easier. Right. But so. I take it to a place in Springville. They're fabulous. It's uh, clean. They take care of it. They can jerky it, whatever I want. And they're fast. So I get it fast. So I know that it's not been sitting around forever. But they are awesome.
3: Yeah, I think for me, like growing up, when we would, we would cut up the venison, and you know, it was always the slow and steady. You know, the smoke. It'd be in there for a couple of weeks before we even touch it, whether it was the dry sausage or the jerky. But you know, I, I would totally agree. Like now, it's kind of what we do with like a mechanic or a chef. Like you hire your professionals, and they're gonna do it right, and they're gonna do it well. You know, once you find yeah, that relationship, worse. it don't, is worth don't it. Don't try to experiment oh, with it. It's 100%. You're I mean, like, okay, I had this one animal, like, I'm going to let a professional process this thing. And you find the processor that you like the most, and you stick with them, and it's consistent every time.
0: Right. And you know it's done right, and you know, because yes. again, you by know, the same standards. We could talk yeah. about sanitation again, yeah. because <laughs> you have the infill processing, yeah. and then you have the butchering, you take the detailed butchering, like you do, whether at home or you take it to a processor. And that's another benefit, because mm-hmm. at home it's a lot easier to contaminate that meat. It is.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So if I'm a local guy and works. I have, uh, I want to have my uh, my jerky done, who do you recommend, where do you recommend I, I take that meat?
3: I take mine to Springville. Springville? Okay. Yes. yes, all the time. And I take mine over to Fruita.
1: Okay, yeah. spring and fruit. Okay, so those are those are really good uh, good information for all of you hunters, because if you want to uh, to make sure that you have something in a controlled environment, who's going to be a product that's going to be just perfect, then you take it to your processor, and they will take care of it for you.
0: Yeah, I remember Absolutely. back in the day, you you just take it to the local grocery store and yes. butcher yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Back when they yeah. had butchers actually <laughs> in the store, yeah. which like not exist anymore. No. It's like their stuff comes in prepackaged and all that. But anyway, you, you can't do that anymore. So, no. and I think the the closest processor in Moab is Blue Mountain Meat, if I'm In Marcello, yeah, yeah, Marcello. Yep. So there's
2: one in Dove and, Creek uh, and different places. But you know,
0: do actually do? I mean, it, it is because uh, they do do it different stuff, and like Absolutely. Mark says, it, you want a good processor.
2: Absolutely, right? they're all different. One of them you may open the thing up and have
0: hair all through it. You yep. know? and it's like, God, that's a turn off right yeah. off
2: the back <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I found these guys in Springville. I've been with them for 25, 30 years. they it's the cleanest place I've ever seen
0: and they get right to it and it's awesome. Yeah. and so and that's that's the other thing getting back to, you know from, from when that animal's down to the processor, you want to be, you know quick. Yeah, because you know there's a lot of lag time there. Yeah, cool it, and like down. I said, depends on the weather, how much meat you have, can you hang it in your garage? You know, like where I live, you know, it's up in the mountains, cooler, and I could yeah. get away with yeah. that. But you couldn't get away with that in Moab this time of year, no, especially I, I, anymore. It's it's like warmer and warmer. So,
3: yeah, the, I mean, ideally, or the ideal situation is you were to take down an animal and process it and get it back home that night in the garage coolers, and the next morning you're taking it to your processor, or yep. you know, you're not lagging behind, but it's a pretty active right. process. So, I would, I would recommend finding your processor
0: ahead of time, yes, before you kill the animal, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so, you're not caught in this situation, okay, I have this animal, what? What now I'm gonna do yeah. with it. So, yeah, have the degilance. To uh, uh, find the processor, have them set out, and you know, right. Have, have a good one. So through recommendation, it means a lot on your and taste then, and everything, and then how well the animal is. Call yeah. them and say, hey, yeah. listen, what what's your schedule? How can I can you take my meat at this
3: state? So. And that's probably the biggest one of the biggest takeaways of all that is how prepared are you like before you even go up to the mountain right you know, do you have everything you need do you have a sharp knife or two and a headlamp you know and like all those things to set you up for success to get the animal back and process as soon as possible
1: yeah that's, yeah. A, that's a success so
0: uh, and I would highly recommend you know if you're going out hunting for your first time stuff, go someone, go with someone yes experience. don't go alone don't, don't uh, just absolutely. feel like you can go yeah. out there shoot yeah. an animal and Take care of it because mm. you can't. And so, yeah, I'll go with
1: you guys. Yeah, <laughs> so like this second, uh, and don't, don't worry about it. I can do all the butchering. I'll do all the butchering <laughs> for you. That's not a problem whatsoever. And we'll you'll carry you'll carry Saturday. your backstrap. <laughs> <load>. Oh <yeah. laughs> you <Yeah>. more <laughs> than one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do. I uh, carry the backstrap and the tenderloin. That's it. <laughs> right yeah. And by the way, I will run down the mountain fast. on <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, talking about cooking. Um, We talk about uh, uh, stews, we talk about chiles, we talk about slow cooking and sous vide and all that. Uh, When it comes to tenderloin and loin, I always love to cook it medium rare to rare. Because this is where you can really taste, Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. say, the animal. And also, it will stay very tender. If you cook more than that, there's a catch. If you cook it medium to medium well, venison has a tendency to taste like liver. It just, it just, the flavor just changed completely. Right. So especially what, I'm talking about the uh, the, the tenderloin and the loin. And uh, so, you know, medium rare, rare is really good. Peppercorn. I like to also do a, a sauce will be with like a sun-dried fruits, like sun-dried cherries or yeah, things like this. So really, the, really. Uh, yeah, cuts uh, the gaminess. Yeah, just. Mushrooms
0: go good with.
1: Balance with as well. Food. Mushroom is very, very good with it as well, yeah. And then, uh, um, if you have a good butcher, uh, and you have all those pieces that you want to uh, process sausages, you can make some really, really good venison sausage. So, for that, you know, make sure that you have, my recommendation, even that you have a good butcher, if you have a recipe... You can always take it to your butcher and say, you know, this is the the way that I would like this process. If it's okay with you, and and then you really have it the way that uh, you like it prepared, instead of somebody who's gonna just make the sausage and you don't know what you're gonna end up with.
0: Right, and that's a big thing with uh, with mm-hmm. processors is how well how good their sausage is, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Springville's awesome. I'm <laughs> <top of it. laughs> and My there's wife, there's wife. a lot of different types of sausages, but so yeah. what do you do you get sausage yes we do as a matter of fact my wife lisa
2: says we want to have more sausage done the next elk i get because man it it goes with so much she's put it in her meatloaf she's found out not only the hamburger and that in
0: meatloaf but she'll put this sausage in it Mm -hmm. just gives it this flavor is amazing so what type of sauce is it in casings like Uh, no
2: they don't do it it that way way. it just comes like a hamburger they mix it it's their own Sauce or uh-huh. whatever, because there what
0: are some doing. processes that will do the age, like the a lot of them. You know, oh, yeah, summer some sauces, oh, yeah. yeah the they'll Islamic do the same
2: thing, but we just that, did like a hamburger comes in a is, quarter pound, I mean, a pound, you know, hamburger, uh, but the sausage is the same way. But and it they is prob- so tasty. they're probably
0: at, my guess is they're probably adding some fat. Of fat, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. it could be, which but is it's yeah. fabulous,
1: yeah,
0: but yeah, otherwise, so you know, to connect. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's good to, to make sure that you connect with the, the person who is going to process it with the butcher. Mm-hmm. So like this, you really end up with what you, uh, what you like and how you like it. So we, we, we only talk about the big animal. What about the small animal? What about the, the turkey? What about the grouse? Grouse. I love grouse. I think mean, this is one bird who is so good and not really well known. I mean, you know, maybe it's well known around here, but there's, there's that many people who say grouse and they go, Yeah, it's the bird. What kind of bird? But tell us about what you like about that, that hunting those birds is completely different than hunting a big animal. So, Mark?
2: Yeah, well, they're kind of hard to find sometimes, but I've been gathering them up, shooting them, and I take the breasts out and different things, and I'm waiting to get a bunch of them so I can take them to Tim, and he's he's going to have Uh a good meal there, you know, but uh, we love it. I've had them with wild turkey. I've had so many people say, what do you do after you shoot it? Throw it away, feed it to the dogs? But then my wife, one time she put half a breast in a crock pot uh-huh. and I took another one and put it on the barbecue after she's marinated uh-huh. it and all that. Uh-huh. And I let them taste it and they're like, oh, my God, what is this? And I go, this is wild turkey that you told me to throw away. And they're uh-huh. like, that's amazing. Don't ever do that again. Yeah. You know, this, is, this is good. Don't throw it away. It's awesome.
3: Yeah, I mean, as far as my experience with fowl, I really haven't had I mean, When I was growing up, it was, you know, dove, and that was like what we'd go. And yeah. so it was like, you know, oh, dove uh, dove good, jalapeno wrapped in bacon and on the smoker, and that wow. was like how we cooked Honey it. Hunting birds
0: is a whole different mm-hmm. different hunting scheme altogether. It because It is. It's, but it's like, I used to duck hunt, and it's a whole different world, duck hunting. It is. Because you can do, you know, uh, you can go, good, go to the mm. ponds or out on the water and uh, which in Moscow, it's mostly done around water, of course. That's where ducks are, but it's, you know, it's a whole. And when you shoot the duck, the retrieving it is is the sport, (laughs) really. I
1: mean, (laughs) you
0: need (laughs) (laughs) a dog, you need a dog, (laughs) you you need
1: a dog, you know, the dog bring it back and voila. That's right, yeah. Yeah, But you gotta
0: be really into duck hunting because it doesn't fall, you know. It, it's a different sport. If you sport. have a good dog, you're, yeah, you're, that's that's the whole part of your life, man. It's uh, it's having bird dogs and True. absolutely. So uh, maybe we should. I don't know. I get in the subject of uh, hunting with dogs just for we we should because that's. I know you're you know you're an avid hunter, but you do not like dog using dogs for hunting the bear specifically. Well, yeah, I have a
2: hard time with that.
0: I, yeah. And
2: after, and I agree with you too, I just, it's, to me, it's it's not really hunting, you know, but
0: no. And it's, it's, I consider it a cruel, cruel sport. And yeah, yeah. the houndsmen are going to hate us. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I, I don't care. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah and that does take it so utah is the only place that still allows it or i think it, it's utah and idaho utah and idaho
2: california here yeah. a couple of years ago were for it but then they've gone against it but uh yeah it's idaho okay. and utah I believe well right i think now. what
0: the reason i wanted to address that is because we talked about you know you you are a pretty big hunter and stuff but i i do like your politics of hunting though i mean because you're not a big game hunter all right trophy hunter uh you're against the dog hunting so yeah
2: so i oh i was a big gamer i like the trophies and stuff if i can hold mean big trophies your attitude though like <laughs> big
0: one being against the dog hunting was
1: really i, I think that the dog yeah. hunting though it's uh, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, subject because in Brittany, where i'm from we have herd, uh, herds i guess herds of dogs flocks flocks of dogs <laughs> There's a bunch of dogs, <laughs> He's the cook. and uh, uh, they use the uh, the dogs to hunt uh, wild boar, but yeah. it is horseback, and you have—I mean, it's the whole thing. You have the uh, you have the the the, the horns. Those guys who are just like. And then you have the, the dogs going and uh, the harvest. So what are they hunting for? Uh, wild boar. Wild boar. Oh, wild boar boar. on horse. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, interesting. I thought horse fox hunting was
1: horseback and and uh, the, with the uh, with the dogs. And usually it's about thirty to fifty dogs. It's not like five. Mm. It's like That's it's, so the
2: boar gets the yeah. horse first. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really interesting. I mean, it's a, but it is a uh, uh, it's part of the culture. And 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 that's what it is. Well, that's true yeah. too. That so way from I mean, I mean, Yeah, exactly.
3: I mean, like I,
0: you said how you part of the it. culture of yeah. different places, from well. different and countries, and it it is even even different in the same country, like within you know, the different states here. You know, yeah.
3: And I think like you open this up as like we've been hunter gatherers like for you know hundreds of thousands of years, yeah. you know and. There are certain places in the world where it's like, you know, this is the norm. You hunt with your dogs and you yeah, always you, you corral yeah. them, you know. And then I think there's a this newer, you know, what we may see as not, I may agree with, but it's been around for years. And there's going to be, a, it's, it's like everything, it's a different perspective on how we look at hunting. And there's always going to be two sides to every topic.
1: But let's th- not forget that in some part of the world, they are hunting because this is the only food they have. Yes, right. there's so many places. Mm-hmm. We are very fortunate. I mean, we we the Western society, we pretty much have all the food we need. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, compared to, to some countries to where hunt, they, they don't, pardon. In a lot of those uh, other places, they have to pay to hunt. Oh yes, oh yeah. They, I mean, here you do to get your license, but it's out there. Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere, you yeah. know. So it's it's a little different there, but it's neat going to other countries and watching them hunt because you learn things. Mm-hmm. I've taken what I've learned somewhere else and brought it here, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It works, yes, you yeah.
0: know. Right, different cultures. Some of them yeah. have different types of rituals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It's,
3: yeah, when that leads into the, the topic of you know the uh, shooting the exotics, you know we have the the, the wild game ranches in Texas where you know, you can go shoot a kudu or you know a lion or whatever, and, you know there's that's a whole other topic of right. conversation yeah. of hunting, but then that goes right into the the wild, wildlife conservancy you know, where people are spending fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to go shoot this animal, that helps this ranch breed and raise these animals that often, some of them, they ship back to Africa and yeah. replenish. replenish the population there.
1: I think that as soon as it doesn't become... Um, uh, he has to stay a sport, but he has to be balanced. Yes. Because mm-hmm. if it's if it's just for the pleasure of killing, and not really enjoying the meat, and, and and it's just a trophy, I, I I just you know I travel to Africa a lot, and when I see what's going on over there with, you know between the elephant and the rhinos and and it's just it really breaks your heart. It's one of the saddest uh, things it, to see. It really breaks your heart, and that. you go why why do you need terrible. that? And mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's completely different than what we're talking about, which is really hunting and hunter-gatherers and, and making sure that we really respect the animal and really enjoy the meat, you know, with our friends and family. So that's, that's, that's very, very Yeah, different. you look
2: back in thousand years, they did the same thing, the hunters and gatherers, as we do today. Yep. And it's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so think about it. Look back and say, they did this. Well, I've got to do the
1: same thing. Well, there's going to be a, 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 our next show is going to be about Thanksgiving, so it's going to be about turkeys. So, you know, if you are hunting your turkey now, on the next show, we'll tell you how to cook it. I mean, that's pretty much what (laughs) will happen. (laughs) You know, like uh, this is kind of, yeah, turkey
0: season's over. over t-
1: yes. turkey season is over yeah. going, already? I think they
0: have a fall season but I haven't
1: ah, that's right. I why I the turkey sure on were that. just know, on, on my part 3 side. today
2: <laughs> 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 I've but seen so many be, turkeys yeah,
0: lately it's unreal yeah. it's like
2: uh, wow.
1: Yeah. it's, it's like the animals know, you know?
0: hey Uh, There wouldn't be anything wrong having an elk roast for Thanksgiving
1: either. Oh, (laughs) I agree with that. I told Tim the
2: other day Mm -hmm. one thing I would love to do is have a wild game party where everybody can bring whatever you want, duck Turkey, elk, deer, and just have like a potluck. I think that would we be could cool. do a we all should, chef thing.
1: We should, we, uh, we, should uh, we should, I mean, to do to do a, like a, a game on wild game, a game on. dinner, yes, and you do like 10 different courses with with whatever has been harvested, I mean, or killed around here. Uh, that would be really, really cool, yes. To and then people never awesome. awesome. tasted it
2: so, could come yeah. and try it out, yeah, exactly. See what it really so I, I, I was talking awesome. to you
0: earlier, Bernard, about uh, when I did. Way back, I did a uh, game dinner for yeah. this person, and we did a different game for every course. And he insisted on doing rattlesnake for one of the courses. So uh-huh. uh, so I, I proceeded to find rattlesnake, and I did find it out of Texas. But I had to buy 50 pounds of <laughs> rattlesnake. And do you know how much <laughs> fifty pounds of rattlesnake yeah. is? Yeah, so that's uh, a lot of bites. And I tell you what. So a lot of people t- say it tastes like chicken. No, no, tastes like it snake. tastes like snake. That's it, it tastes <laughs> like exactly. snake. That's what I agree. Well,
1: this is the, uh, pretty much the end of our show. I want to say thank you guys because I learned so much about hunting, about the area, about everything that we do as a uh, uh, as a region. Uh, so thanks a lot, and uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully cook some of your uh, some of your game one of these days with this day yeah. with, uh, with Tim. That would Absolutely be really so. awesome. Thank you very much, Casey. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having us. And uh, uh, when you. when is our next so, show?
0: yes, uh, don't forget to tune in on that first Monday of November, and we're going to be doing what?
1: We're going to talk turkey. Turkey yeah, talk. gabo gabo gabo
0: Chef's Adventures with Buck and Bernie airs on the first Monday of every month at 4 p.m. Head to kzmu.org for archives and recipes.